Welcome to the Motorhome Matt podcast. Caravans, campervans, motorhomes and more. It's the place to get hints, tips and impartial advice from the expert himself, Matt Sims. Brought to you by thatleisureshop.com. Join us on the journey with Motorhome Matt. Welcome back to the Motorhome Matt podcast with me, Keith Gooden, and our expert, as usual, Motorhome Matt Sims. In today's programme, we're going to be talking about moving into a motorhome for your retirement. That's coming up. But first of all, Matt, welcome along. Thanks, Keith. How are you? I'm fine. All the better, as I always say, for being here with you. It's my pleasure. (laughs) Now, we've been doing news at the top of this podcast for the uh, last few episodes. We're going to continue doing that. And also, we're going to be asking you to get in touch and uh, talking about some of the emails we've been receiving from you. That's later on. But right now, let's get get into the news, shall we? And it's the uh, NEC show, the big show, Matt. For people who aren't in the business, who have never been before, just explain what it is. And also... Your involvement. Well, yeah, it's exciting. So the Motorhome and Caravan Show, woohoo! 2022 is back at the NEC in Birmingham, the National Exhibition Centre, in October. Uh, and it's a huge show. It takes over most of the exhibition centre. Uh, it's one of the biggest consumer shows in the UK. All new motorhomes, camper vans, caravans, new products, accessories. It's massive. It runs from Tuesday the 18th of October until Sunday 23rd of October. So it's a six-day show. Uh, and so plenty of time to get there and have a wander around. Two or three days, easily, you could take to, to wander the whole show. We've got a stand at it. We're going to be taking the podcast up to Birmingham to the show. And the Motorhome Map podcast has its own stand, which is the very first time a podcast has been featured at the show. So that's really exciting. We've taken over lots of the atrium, so the outer area as well, with some sponsorship. So you cannot miss the podcast I am there on this huge, ridiculous. We've also taken over Birmingham International Station. So if you're heading to the NEC on the train, you will encounter the podcast. We've taken over the entire station at Birmingham International. So it's very exciting. We're just really keen to promote the podcast so we get more people engaging with it. Uh, it's, we've had lots and lots of positive feedback of how useful it's been, particularly people who've never had a motorhome or caravan or campervan before. So, yeah, if you're heading to the NEC, do come and say hello. Uh, we will be there we're building a little studio uh, on the stand so we'll be recording lots of episodes hopefully from the from the show uh, as well as maybe doing some live stuff as well so it's going to be good going to be fantastic and of course your chance to get in touch i've already mentioned it once but like stay tuned because we've got some emails from you that we're going to be answering let's talk about something which happened a little while back so it's not hot news but it still is news it's the refusal of planning in the west country for a couple of uh, really quite established Uh, businesses that cater to the motorhome and caravanning industry yeah well this has been in the news very recently dartmoor have been reviewing their wild camping rules wild camping is a big topic in the uk and uh, we we did a podcast on this and it's generated lots and lots of comment and feedback i talk about it in terms of taking a motorhome off the road and and stopping in a you know somewhere and setting up an encampment uh, that's how we, you know, people often refer to that as wild camping. Wild camping is actually you with a backpack and a tent, you know, camping out at sundown, leaving at sunrise and leave no trace. That's the key. This It's this phrase that gets overused. Uh, and, and Dartmoor have been reviewing this uh, very, very recently. But one of my favourite places to stop on our way to Cornwall is the Jamaica Inn uh, on Bobbinmore. North Cornwall and it's a brilliant halfway for us leaving from from Bristol uh, and we'll stop there have a meal and you know 10 pounds we can park in their car park and they actually applied to build a campsite next to the pub 
and uh, the planning application was, was refused. And interestingly, it was refused on the grounds that by the council uh, because of the visual impact it would have. So colourful tents and lots of white caravans and, and motorhomes, I guess, being visual on the hill from various viewpoints yeah, and, and also the risk of traffic accidents on the A30 which I read and, and thought well the A30 is really busy and actually from stuff blowing into the road <laughs> that was their logic how often does a gazebo blow into a road has it ever happened to you I don't know I, I mean if it gets windy I'll put my awning or gazebo away if that did happen that would be pretty disastrous how likely is that to happen but anyway for the Jamaica in Currently, their their planning application's been refused, which I think is a great shame, but there we are. OK, we're talking about uh, retiring and using your motorhome to do it. I mentioned this at the uh, beginning uh, of the podcast, and it's quite a step, isn't it, Matt? We're talking about people who are selling up bricks and mortar and going to live in a motorhome or a caravan. Tell us yeah. more about it. Well, yeah, and lots of people do. And lots of people dream, even more dream of it and never do it. Uh, you know, that's a big step. I mean, you're close to retirement, aren't you? You must be. Me, I'm semi-retired. <laughs> this is why I'm here, Matt. <laughs> yeah, that's true. This is leisure time activity for me. I mean, it's the leisure industry, isn't it? You Can't got, you tell by the way I'm dressed? You got kicked out of the BBC. Yeah, I got kick, kicked out of the BBC. <laughs> they said, you're too old, you're too fat and you're too bald. <laughs> On your way, son. <laughs> yeah. But but so for you, I mean, would you be prepared to sell the house, sell the cars, sell the furniture, give it all up, all the trappings of conventional life and move into a motorhome and go traveling would you do that i don't think i would do that no i think that's a big leap i I admire the people who do it yeah greatly but it's not for me but there's lots of people who who at that stage in life so let's say 50 something so they they are retiring or taking redundancy perhaps early retirement early redundancy and they've been given an opportunity they've been given the gift of this opportunity to pursue a dream now Actually taking that step in into that dream, it seems to me like a huge leap. And I'm a keen motorhomer, you know, would I be prepared to give up all those securities? Well, I caught up with some friends of mine who've done exactly that. Uh, Paul's in the police force for a long time, whole working career in the, in the police, and retired and had a dream of living in the motorhome. And I had a chance to catch up with them over a Zoom call. They're in France, in their motorhome. And I started by saying, you know, Paul, what inspired you to do this? Travel, we all had a hankering to live in the sunshine, but we could never decide on where we wanted to live. You know, one day it would be France, one day it would be Spain, then we'd move somewhere else. And we discussed various options. And over that sort of period when we were still working, we had motorhomes, we had a caravan, we, we camped all our lives and we toured Europe with various aspects. Now, I was very lucky that I could retire at 55 and get a pension. So I took my pension, but I actually went back to work part-time afterwards during the pandemic mainly. And I think it got to us when we kind of done it for a couple of years, this part-time working, and we decided that enough was enough. So we looked at some properties in Spain, which weren't suitable. We didn't really like them. Then we looked at some other properties and we were in Spain again, and we were driving back towards Malaga and we discussed about having a motorhome anyway and doing things. And we kind of put it on the back burner. Well, I think the pandemic and the pandemic um, was, people, yeah, you know, my, my father died. My sister-in-law died unexpectedly. And I think it made us restart. Just realize, yeah. think, do you know what? Life's really short and mm. you really have to do this if you can. If you've got the opportunity, don't waste it. 
And I think that was the main... Yeah, and I think because we were in a better position financially, which was very lucky because we could retire early. And I said we were driving back to Malaga and we saw we were on the motorway or whatever it is in Spain and there was the snow-capped mountains and the things were in blossom. I know that sounds a bit corny, but we got overtaken by a motorhome. And we were driving towards Malaga and it said Cadiz so many kilometres. And we just looked at each other and went, this is what we got to do. And it was one of those moments where we were just on, just driving through Spain. What do you do for a living, Paul? What was your job? So I was in the, in the police for 31 years. And I worked in administration in the NHS. I can't claim to have ever retired <laughs> officially. <laughs> <laughs> I <Yes>. just quit. <laughs> So where are you now? Where in the world are you? So we are currently in Ile which is off just off La Rochelle. And since we left home, this is our ninth campsite. We've been in France now for nearly six weeks or just over six weeks, I think. Uh, we've travelled down through Brittany. We came down into Bands, and then we went to Saint-Jean-de-Mont. And then we've been inland a little bit and then we've come back out to the coast. Uh, and just learning all the way. But going back to what we were saying, one of our um, why we did things as well is both Michelle and I started work, as most people did in those days at 16. We never went to university. We never had a gap year. We never uh, did anything like that. And so we just felt as we got that bit older and we were in a position to do it. And as Michelle said, with different things that happened in the family that we wanted to basically have an adventure and, and that's what it was. We just wanted an adventure. You know, we sat and discussed this for, for hours, as you can imagine, because it's not an easy thing to decide. And we toyed with the idea of keeping the house or not keeping the house. And one of the things that we talked to other people was that they have that commitment still back in the UK. So they don't give it their 100% when they go away, if that makes sense, because They've still got maybe somebody in their house or trying to look after their house and garden. And so we made that decision to sell the house and put all our furniture in storage, which was fairly radical. I know when we spoke to family and friends, they were very, very surprised. We lived in a very old cottage in a very nice part of the world. But we literally, we, we got rid of the house. Michelle came home one day from somewhere and I said, uh, the removal people will be here on the 25th of April. <laughs> and I had literally gone and booked the removals. And so come the 20, what, prior to the 25th, we, we kind of cleared the house and we got rid of a lot of our stuff because you know what it's like, you accumulate a lot of things over the years. So we gave a lot of stuff away to people who perhaps couldn't afford it. So like a lot of our white goods and, you know, things that weren't really of value. So we thought we'd rather help somebody else out. And so we gave a, a lot of stuff away, didn't we? And then we've put all the rest of the stuff in storage. It was quite spooky and quite scary on the 25th of April when we finally had a friend turn up to, to sort of take us to the van because that was it. We committed ourselves and, and away we go. So that was two months ago. We, we obviously made that decision and, and left our house. We sold our cars, literally sold everything. It just feels really natural though, doesn't it? Doesn't it feel like it doesn't feel like we're sort of I don't know. I don't really feel like I'm really doing it. It's a bit bizarre really. Mm. <laughs> well I think it's a good test that in two months I've never missed our house. I've never missed anything no. like that. I've not sort of thought, oh, 
we haven't made the right decision. Because you can FaceTime people in England. You yeah. can still see people. It's yeah. like, it doesn't, I mean, how often did we see people anyway? I mean, you know, so yeah. it's, it, I don't think you missed that. And, um, you know, people have come over and seen us. My brother's coming over. So it doesn't feel like. No, we've met friends who are on holiday over here. We met them. So we've kind of caught up with those. We've got some more friends coming over in August. So we're going to catch up with them. We've got some other friends who live in France and we're going to go and see them for a few days later in the month. Like Michelle said, it's not like we've cut ourselves off and it's not like with the technology that's available these days, we stay in touch. I mean, one of the funniest things, I know it sounds awful, but my parents have now bought an iPad. And so every Sunday at 6 p.m. Uh, GMT, we speak to my mum and dad who are in their 80s. I we, get, say, we say speak to them. I get to see their the lounge head. ceiling, their heads, the top of my head, dad's <laughs> head. He hasn't quite sussed out what the iPad is. I get to chat to my mum and dad every week, yeah, which is great. Yeah, you've still got contact. Um, yeah. I mean, we've got a son who's uh, 24 who's in the army. And we probably speak to George every day every other day which we always did anyway i mean mm. you know bless him he's got a very busy career we only ever saw him a couple of times a year with his job and so he'll come over and see us at some point like michelle said her brother's coming to see us here next thursday he's flying into bordeaux and then he's coming to stay here for five days you know we get to see everybody and speak to everybody so um, what's michelle, fascinating is just listening to you talking there all that stuff you owned, I've taken from this is where you value what's important to you. All that stuff you've sold, you haven't missed any of it. But what yeah. you're hanging on to is, is family and no. that you can speak Nothing. to family. And that's the most important thing. And, you know, possessions are, and when we were clearing the house out, we, we suddenly realised, why? Why are we storing all this, this stuff that we've probably not seen for I don't know how long? We've never mm. used it. Uh, and, and it's just, we've kept things like, obviously, family photographs and, you know, all our important things. Don't get me wrong, we've got quite a lot of stuff stored, but it was things that were in, not important to us. And, you know, your family's more important than your friends. And But I think the bottom line is, it's just... You can live a really simple life. Yeah. And, you, you, and I don't think you realise you can until you actually do no. but it. But it, but you can. And, and, you know, I didn't think I could ever live out of a really tiny little wardrobe and a few little drawers, but... It, you can. Can um, I just say that Michelle getting rid of all her clothes and shoes was hilarious. <laughs> okay, because we'd have had to have a trailer on the back of this thing if we just bought all her clothes and shoes. You have to say you are in a lovely motorhome. So tell us, what is the motorhome? Just tell our listeners what you're in. So we we uh, did a, a lot of research. I mean, I'm talking a lot of research. And the layout that suited Michelle and I perfectly is an auto trail Comanche. Mm -hmm. So we have got a tag axle. It's 8.7 meters long. Uh, it has a fixed island bed, which is perfect, which gives us loads and loads of storage. I mean, we've got storage under the bed and obviously wardrobes. It then gives us the ability to to live in the van. So we have a shower, obviously toilets, that type of thing. And I know some people are very loath to use the shower and toilets in the motorhome. But we kind of thought, well, it's our van. We'll kind of do what we want with it. So we tend to use, or certainly Michelle does, use the shower and, and whatever all the time. Uh, depending on what site we're on, we will. You've got a proper lounge in here now. Um, I think well, for me, it was important to have big sofas so that we could both have a sofa each in the evenings if we wanted to, if the weather was rubbish, you know, and you want to watch the telly. That was really important. So some people would rather have... Yeah, a different layout and, and, and mm. have the sort of table and chairs in here. But for us, it was because we're living in it permanently. It's not just a weekend or a week. 
it was important to be comfortable like you were yeah. at home. We even have the plants in here. So we make it very homely. We've got photographs up on the wall of our son and us. And, you know, we've, we've made it ours. At the end of the day, some people say, oh, you shouldn't have put things on the walls or whatever, but it's our home. Mm, so yeah, of course. we made it as homely as we possibly could. You know, we were very fortunate. We bought the van secondhand, but it had all the extras we wanted as well. So we've got full satellite television so we can watch all the UK channels and, and whatever. We've also got a fire stick so we can watch all the catch-up channels, Netflix, that type of thing. It's got full habitation air conditioning, which you think, okay, is that really necessary? We've actually used yeah. it on a few occasions already because it's been so hot at night. So we've used the air conditioning. We've also got a 150-watt solar panel on the roof, which does the leisure batteries and does the van battery, which I thought was quite important if we're parked up for quite some time. But one of the biggest things for us is, uh, well, for me, uh, I've got the refillable gas system. So we've got the gas flow system. That was an interesting one. We had to fill it up for the first time in France on the way here. I think the French have their gas on the other side. So we had to go into this supermarket garage with a nearly nine, well, it was nine metres with the bikes on the back and then reverse all the way through the petrol station to try and get to the gas pump, which yeah. was, it was, a, and then we had to get the right adapter because they have the different adapters. So really we, we chose the van because of the layout, because of the storage and it suits us perfectly for what we yeah. want. And are you mostly on campsites or where are you staying? Well, we initially, before we came away, we thought we'd do a combination of campsites as we had France Passion as well. We've now got, I'm sure people have heard of it, it's a thing called an Axi card, which we were unaware of, unfortunately, before we came away. We've now got an Axi card and I'll be honest with you, it's not worth it financially, we don't think to stay anywhere else other than a campsite. We're in Ilderay, we're on a four-star site, we've got a swimming pool, there's a restaurant and bar and really good showers and toilets, and we're paying 18 euros a night. Wow. So what's that, 15 pounds a night? Yeah. And that's that's with hookup. It's enough electric we can run our air con, so. The Axicard, though, is um, an out-of-season out of season card you yeah. use, but their season's very short, so you're basically using it well, all the time, apart from it's July and August, is it? Well, high season doesn't even start over here until the 9th of July. Yeah. Um, and it finishes on the 28th of August. So uh, apart from that period, we can use the Axi card all the time. Yeah, I definitely recommend get your Axi card. I mean, some of the sites here are really good sites and they're as low as 12 euros a night with hookup. It just wow. doesn't make sense, did it, to go into no. into what, you know, because the airs, the next, some of them are quite close to the campsites and you see them sort of in there and it's just a car park and you think, gosh, they could have paid just a couple of euros extra. Yeah. I've got a pool and, you know, and Shower block. Yeah, nicer facilities. I mean, yeah. the last night we were in, the air was 10 euros a night. And they had that, literally, I'm sure it was a car park with nothing, uh, no hookup or anything. We were paying 18 euros a night. We had hookup, showers, toilets and a swimming pool. Well, for us, it's a no-brainer. I'd rather they stay somewhere like that. Oh, it's horrible. You wouldn't enjoy it. Honestly, <laughs> it's, um, it's, it's just a horrible heated swimming pool as well yeah we've decided we made that decision that our budget will will run to quite easily uh staying on site so yes. we have decided that that's where we're going to do we feel more comfortable doing that as well so when we leave here we're actually booked in because it gets a bit more expensive obviously we've allowed for july and august being more money because we can't use our axi card but the next site 
we're on in the Dirtoin is adults only. So we've got 10 mics on an adult only site. You so, can mix it up, can't you? Yeah. I was going to say, you, you can be flexible, can't you? And you can see, yeah. you know, where you end up and you, you've got that freedom. That's the whole thing, isn't it? The freedom. Absolutely. We realise now you don't need to pre-book your sites. If it's out of seas, you don't need to pre-book yeah, your sites. Yeah, which we didn't realise. Realize. But the only, the only caveat and the only thing I'd say to anybody is make a note of all the public holidays in France. Yeah, there's a lot in May. Yeah, there's 11 bank holidays in France. So those weekends... What we did was made, we just sorted our plans slightly and didn't travel right. on the days when they would be travelling and coming coming home. Yeah. Things like that. And the other great thing is over here that you can you can book in, but you don't need you don't pay for your campsite until the end. The site before here, we initially booked in for six nights and it was lovely. We had some friends call over, so we stayed a bit longer. That we, was uh, Coulon. Yeah, in Coulon. And we ended up staying for 18 nights because it was just lovely. It was a lo- and But we hit the two bank holidays, so we kind of kept extending it to cover the bank holidays so right. we weren't travelling. And we watched the site just pull up, didn't we? Fill yeah. up with all the French champ- yeah, coming on holiday and then going again. And we thought, yeah, we did the right decision. Yeah, definitely made the right decision. But then equally, if you don't like somewhere, you've got the flexibility to leave. So yeah, that's what's nice about not having to sort of, um, yeah, book up. It's not like in the UK, you have to book for your week and let's say you're committed to the week or weekend or whatever. You can, yeah. You know, they're very flexible, very flexible. So um, you, you've got some long-term plans as well. This is not just this summer, is it? You, oh, you, I mean, sold the house, you're committed. Absolutely not. We're very lucky in the fact that Michelle has an Irish passport. So I have a UK passport and Michelle has an Irish passport. And so before we came away, which is one of the decisions we influenced us, really, we did a lot of research because Michelle has got an EU passport. And I have to just read this because I can never remember it. But under Article 6 of the Directive 2004, because we're married and I have the right to remain in the EU with Michelle, we're exempt from the 90 days because... Somebody, Michelle has the EU passport. I have a right to remain with her because we're married. And so therefore we're not stuck with the 90 days. So hence the reason of doing the trip as well. Um, Only thing is, I would say is, you know, you think, oh, great. But actually we do have to come back in February next year. So you have to come back to MOT the van. We're going to have to come back, yeah, to MOT the van. You've got a year, which is great. But you you do, if your van is registered in England, in the UK, you have to go back and... It's not the end of the world because we'll we've incorporated it in what we want to do. So the idea is that when we we leave here now, because obviously we're in the southwest of France, we're going to go down to the Dordogne, which is an area we particularly wanted to explore. So we're down there for two months in the Dordogne. We've got various places plotted out already so that we can explore the Dordogne in some style. And I think we're looking because we're meeting some friends down there towards the end of August, and I think they go on the sixth of September. So we're booked up until the 6th of September. That's quite nice to know. Then the plan is, uh, you're going to hate this bit, we're going down to Provence and we're going to spend a couple of months maybe down in, in Provence in the, by the Mediterranean. And that'll take us up to about, say, the, I don't know, end of October maybe. And then the plan from there is to go straight across into Spain. So we've got some friends just as you go across the border. So we're going to go and see them. Uh, somebody I used to work with now lives down there, so we're going to pop in and see them. And then we are literally going to wander all the way down the coast in Spain, 
with a view to going sort of towards Malaga for Christmas. And the idea is then we will uh, rent a house for uh, a week or 10 days and then all the family will come to Spain. Before we were in England and it was one of those Christmases, we, so our son will come over and Michelle's brother and, and whatever. And so we're going to celebrate Christmas and New Year in Spain with the family. And then we'll, we'll sort of stay around for a, a little bit. And then like Michelle said, we've got to come back towards the end of February. We're going to nip back home again only to get the van MOT, which is a real pain. But That's going to be cold. You know that, don't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we know, we know, we know. We just got to find some storage for the van. We don't know if we know anywhere that can do that, but we're working on that one. We'll have a chat. And then the plan is, literally, we will only stay in the UK for for a while. Won't be very long, and because next year we would like to do Italy, we thought if we come back into France rather than turning right, we'll turn left. And for 2023, we want to do the whole of Italy. Um, down to Sicily and then back up the other coast. And then wow. we'll go into Croatia then once we get back up. Do Slovenia as well, Lake Bled. It's just beautiful um, around there. Yeah, we've heard about this. Yeah, but again, amazing. the trouble is we've got to come back to MOT the van, but we'll just nip back in. And then we've got a year. <laughs> we've got a whole year. We've got to cram these things in. So that's our sort of our our long term. We like to do Portugal. We've been to Portugal. Yeah, we want to do. There's so many places, but it's loads of places, and it's just having the time. And it's all it's all fairly new at the moment. Still, Uh, I know we've been away for two months. We're still on that kind of learning curve with how the van works, how other things work. You know, we we sort of come across things that we need for the first time. I mean, little silly things like, like I said, filling the gas up. Now, that was a real issue for me because I was panicking, thinking, oh, I don't know how to do this and, and whatever. And it was fine. I mean, it was that was all fine. And... Just knowing that you needed the adapters, though, to do it. So, yeah. So that'd be something people should make sure you've got the right adapters for your family. Yeah, I'm sorry we didn't talk about that before you went. I never even thought about no. it, to be honest with you, Matt. And I didn't realise. But it's like another thing that I was unaware of, obviously, is things like reverse polarity for your hookup over here. I didn't even think about that got to one site and it was reverse polarity for the electric and so that was causing us a bit of an issue being an ex-boy scout i had a small lead in one of my boxes which was a three-pin adapter plug for if you're at home and i literally cut the end off and bought a new adapter and made one yeah so, so this is the reverse polarity is live and neutral around the wrong way for those that don't know what we're talking about way. yeah which yeah. in france is very common isn't it well, you say that though. It's that we've been on uh, five sites here. We've only had it on one. Oh, right, so okay. Only only one site. So Are far. they all the blue C form plug? The the, the blue all one. The with... standard. Yeah. Okay. We've not used our uh, yeah, the European one as we which we bought. We haven't used it once yet. You'll the find some of the plug. older sites that still have that Shuko two pin plug. Yeah, and the other thing we've noticed as well. And even on this site, a majority of sites now are service pitches. You know, we're finding that's more and more as well. So that's been quite good, isn't it? Having a service pitch all the time. Yeah, I think, again, <clears throat> I, I maybe maybe it's just going with age, but it's quite nice to go somewhere and have everything just there with your, for you. It's, it makes it oh, so yeah. much easier with your van. I don't want to be too stressed and busy, Matt. I don't want to be too busy. No. <laughs> It just makes it so much, I think, anyway, when it, you're just nice to have a bit of comfort. and Yeah, there, there's all those. But it's just it's just little things that, you know, you kind of pick up along the way. Like I said, the, 
the reverse polarity and other things. And, you know, there's nothing that we didn't buy that we wish we had, is there? I mean, I know we came into your place and you, you very kindly helped us out with all the stuff, which was invaluable because there's things that we wouldn't have necessarily bought that we did buy that now it's paying dividends because we've got it with us. So right, I would have said the only thing we didn't get and, and when we said at the beginning, but is an Axie card. Get that before The Axie card is that the only thing, yeah, anybody's thinking about doing any trips. Because people, because we were a bit, in, we were a little bit inundated with everybody going, oh, buy this, buy this, you'll need yes. this. And we were thinking, a bit sceptical, you know, do we really need to buy all these things? And the Axie card was one of those things where I said, oh, I don't think we need to buy it. Yeah. But actually it's worth whatever. What's it cost? 20 euros. 20 euros. Yeah. For a year, you, you save that after the first sight. Well, I think staying yeah. here, we're here for 28 nights. This being Michelle's brother's coming to us while we're here longer. You know, perhaps it's a little bit too long, really, in hindsight. But I think it's costing us just over, it's about £400 for the month. You know, Come. with the cost of living in England now and yeah. everything, <clears throat> I just think, gosh. Well, I think to you, uh, our total outgoings now, apart from obviously campsite fees and, and anything to do with the van and food, our total monthly outgoings are £40 a month. Wow. So... That's for two mobile phones. We have Spotify for your music and we have our Netflix and that's it. That's all we have outgoing. It's it's a no-brainer, really. Living the dream. Living the, I love it. I mean, I look at the whole hashtag van life on Instagram. We were talking about this just now, weren't we? And yeah, you see yeah. these yeah. youngsters that are doing what you're doing in a van they've converted. And there yeah. they are, slim, blonde, long hair, diving into a crystal pool, you know, in the middle yeah. of nowhere. You know, and he's felt and ripped and very, you know, athletic, <laughs> you know, and I'd look at yeah. it thinking, this is not my life. You know, I mean, obviously <laughs> you guys are both all those things plus 30 years, but it's just remarkable that, you know, I, I think the inspiration that you are to people that are considering this is immense. I mean, there you are. I mean, Paul, you're, I know that you're 57, Michelle, you're quite a lot younger than that. Yeah. Uh, well, a bit younger than that. Thank you. Um, <laughs> you don't, you look a lot younger than that. Um, obviously thank you, thanks man thank you it's the turn um, but what would you say to people that you know are looking at this hashtag van life and seeing all these youngsters who are really you know postgrads that you know they've had their first yeah. job and they've done a year of work and then they've gone right that's it we're opting out and there you are the, the other end of that work spectrum you've retired you know you, you're you're in an age with a five at the beginning what would you say to people thinking yeah. oh I'd love to do it but you know how would you tell them to change what would you say to them to change that dream to a reality i think the thing for us is and we all been saying this before we came away it's easier to find a reason not to do something like this than it is to do it it's just taking that plunge at the end of the day and it isn't it isn't a massive plunge it's you, not. You, you think it is because you think oh it's a bit scary and yeah i get that because i think we probably did feel a little bit like that but equally i felt like this is just a new adventure let's do it because you know, we've been in lockdown and I think it's made us all reevaluate our lives. And we just yeah. thought, what's important? You know, if we're together and we're enjoying the outside, we love the outdoor lifestyle. What's not to love? It's it's a cheaper way of living. It's an easy way of living. It's it's, it's just so relaxing. And I, I think in my 57 years, I had quite a stressful job and I don't think I've ever felt so relaxed and and literally so chilled. And we look at each other occasionally over a small glass of wine, which we allow ourselves once a day, obviously. Uh, and we're sat outside and we look at each other. And I'll, I'll say to Michelle, what are, you, what are you thinking about? Or something. And she'll say, nothing. 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 Because what do you have to worry about? There's nothing to worry about. It's There's like... nothing to, the, the hardest thing that we have to worry about now is 
what are we going to eat and what's for tea that's it that's it <laughs> yeah. you know, and so anybody that's considering it you have to you have to think what is of value to you in your life mm. and like we said earlier on your family is important and your friends this and if you look at all your possessions in your house if you actually look at it hard and think really do i am i that attached to that fridge freezer or that sofa or, or whatever it may be it's just a piece of furniture at the end of the day and you keep your photographs you keep your important things that you really want to keep and the rest of it is just possessions it doesn't make any difference whether you've got it or not and i think at the bottom line is your memories are the most important thing in your life and we can always look back in later in life when we're in some care home and go do you know what that was the best thing we've ever done I, I could have retired and gone and got another job. I was offered another job when I retired and it was a really well-paid job and I could have stayed living where we were and Michelle could have got done something, whatever. But what have we achieved? All I'm doing is going to work every day when I've got the ability or we have the ability mm. to have an adventure. Change your scenery every now and, you know, every few weeks. Change where you, where you are so you don't, you know, we don't have a garden to look after. Someone else looks after oh, it for us and we bliss. just sit in our little garden outside and, yeah. then we, get the, and we change that, that, that scenery every, yeah. every few weeks and you get to see life. And we meet so many campers and we've talked to so many people who've said, gosh, we're really jealous and we wish we, we were doing Our age, and yeah, our sort of yeah, age. Yeah, and we're saying, well, why aren't you doing it? But a lot of people, um, they've got grandchildren and they don't want to leave them and come and do this. Yeah. So what I would say is, don't in leave some, it too late. Don't leave it too late. In some respects, mm. do it now yeah. at our age before you have grandchildren yeah. so that you can go and enjoy it and not have any of those guilt things. But and equally, if you have got grandchildren, you could do it. Of course, yeah. yeah. I guess there's, uh, there's there's never a right time to go, really, is there? It's just now. I, no. I suppose there is a wrong right. time. And you guys, have, you have timed it brilliantly, haven't you? So you've got parents oh, in the mix perfect. who are still able, you know, they don't need you yeah. there. Your son yeah. is, you know, independent. He hasn't got any of his own kids yet. So yeah. you've kind of got this window, haven't you? Well, we, that's what pushed yeah. us, I think. We both said, you know, after lockdown and then with also with what's going on in England now with all the price right, you know, hikes and stuff. Mm. You just say, yeah, come on, let's just do it. Let's just go. Um, my, my parents summed it up quite well, I thought. When I went and spoke to them, they're in their 80s and they've always travelled and done things. And I explained what we would like to do. And I said, look, you know, how do you feel about this? And you know you're okay with it and and both my mum and dad looked up and they said if you don't do this we'll be really disappointed in you oh. they used the disappointed word which <laughs> i haven't had for a long time and, and i just thought it was interesting that my mum and dad were like so so keen for us to do it in their 80s and and when we speak to them once a week they're so keen to find out what we've been doing and, and they plot it they plot are. it on the map my dad's oh. got a map and he plots where we're going and and so it's really nice that we have that's sort of to chat about as well yeah. and i think it's just like michelle said it's the timing but don't put it off don't think oh, i'll do it next year or I'll do it the year after or you know and it, we, we don't know <coughs> how long we've all got let's just make the most of them yeah seize the yeah. day yeah absolutely and yeah. you know you don't know what's around the corner and, no. and don't be mistaken that material things are important you know i used to think that how much money you had and the car you had and things like that are important and they're not yeah they're not, important i think it's easy to say that and, and I think it's easy to think it, but to actually do something about it, which is sell them all off and get rid of them like you guys. I mean, you sold your house. 
we we did. We we sold the cars and yeah. uh, like I said, well, being loads away. But I mean, you know, we we. But we just, I don't think we're ever going to regret this. I don't. No, think, no. I don't think you know. No, not at all. There's nothing we miss, and that's no. what I'd say to every you know to people is do it, do it because you're not going to miss anything. I think yeah. you've got to get the right motorhome because it's got to be comfortable because it doesn't become a chore. Living in our, our motorhome is not a chore because we've got the right layout for us. So, yeah. you know, the bed's probably yeah, made up. Do your sure research. You get the right, right, the um, right one for you. But don't necessarily, you know, we haven't planned like a fixed route. This is where we're going to be and so-and-so. And this, we're very flexible in what we do in in our journey because like we said earlier sometimes we may go somewhere we like it we stay a bit longer and sometimes we may go somewhere and think well it's not really we've seen it now let's go somewhere else so we haven't got a fixed route yeah. have we and don't worry because um, you can do that yeah there's no, yeah, yeah you don't so need to pre-book and just go for it and 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 have fun and it's it's all about having fun at the <laughs> end of the day then you're never too old to have fun no. and uh you know we we celebrated our silver wedding anniversary the week before last over here but we were sat here and uh, we went to a lovely little restaurant in the local town and had an amazing meal but we kind of look at each other still after this time we look at each other and go are we really doing this and, and it, 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 it just, just feels like a holiday but i keep thinking it's not a holiday yeah. this is a no, lifestyle this, this is your life, life. yeah yes yeah. we don't we don't wake up to an alarm clock anymore um, we just eat you know you eat when you feel hungry yeah, you go yeah. off on your bikes you explore there's we, nothing we, to bring you home for you yeah. have to come over a certain time lie by we the pool all... and send me pics of your toes and a pool in the <laughs> foreground yeah yeah there'll be more of those Matt don't worry um, <laughs> the only thing we did buy is we bought two uh, e-bikes which we've got on the back of the van anybody thinking about doing anything I would strongly yeah. recommend get e-bikes get e-bikes I know you've yeah. got e-bikes in, in the shop and but they are the best thing I haven't ridden a bike for 40 years right? and, and it came as a bit of a, a shock. I think that's an understatement. We've actually, Michelle's brother's bringing with him some padded pants, cycling pants. Because you do feel it. Because <laughs> you, you, you kind of know about it. We've had to change the saddles already from yeah. the, um, the tiny ones to the gel seats. We've done that. Good. But we've done two, 230 miles on our bikes already. Brilliant. Um, just gives you the freedom and without without you know that it doesn't yeah. make it a chore you'll learn, yeah. you, you enjoy it more we've got panniers on the back of the bikes so we actually go and do our weekly food shop on, on our bike. push bikes brilliant and we can get our, all our food in the panniers um and, and a rucksack and whatever and so we've got those the other thing we've got in in the garage we bought two uh stand-up paddle boards so the paddle boards are in the back as well so we've used them already so if we're on a site or close by, we've got a lake or river or whatever. We're not quite confident enough for the sea yet. No. I don't think we'd get that far. Especially not here, it's the Atlantic. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so we've got paddle boards as well. And, uh, but the e-bikes, I cannot stress, yeah. buy e-bikes if you're going to get any. Yeah, they're great. Um, on your way down to Diddle, yeah. there's lots of inland lakes. Um, That's what I'm hoping to This uh, is what right. we're hoping yeah. for. Yeah, yeah. beautiful. A little fresh water, of course, yeah. but... They're very yeah. placid, yeah. so you'll make good use of the paddle boards. Well, I'm such a, we're both novices, although Michelle has actually stood up on her board. I haven't got that far yet. Okay. Um, <laughs> You're treating it as a lighter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's the other thing with life. You know, you wake up in the morning and you, you kind of just go, okay, what should we do today? What do you yeah. fancy doing? Mm. So, you know, later on today, we've, we've, We've got a cycle route, which we want to go and explore a bit more of the island. So a bit later on, after we've spoken to yourself, we're going to go off 
um, for the rest of the day on our bikes. Uh, we'll probably stop somewhere for a little bit of lunch. We have to have the obligatory ice cream. I don't know. I think it's, I think it's law in France. You have to have it. <laughs> it's the rules. And then, uh, you know, we come back and we found this very, very nice rosé wine over here, which would you believe is two euros a bottle? Which you think is going to be horrible, but it is very nice, isn't it? Yeah, I think they, I think they so, do hike up the prices when they export their wine. Yeah, so two euros yeah. for a bottle of wine, uh, which is very nice. But um, so yeah, so that's today's yeah. plan. And then, you know, we don't sort of even think too far ahead. We might just stay here and go to the pool one day or the afternoon, or go for a walk. We do more exercise now. Oh, that's we never did anywhere near the amount that we did at home. That's the other thing, you know, right. you, you go home and after work and you sit and you probably put the telly on and, you know, you might just pop out in the garden and come back in. Well, we, we, we do exercise every day because you have to, because you've got a van that's parked up. So you have to go on your bike or you go for a walk or you said, oh, the weather's lovely. Why would you be? You, don't, you never sit in the van, do we? No, like, the, we're about 100 metres from the sea here. And we tend to eat in the evening, sort of seven o'clock, whatever. Um, and then we go for a walk and we walk down by the sea and brilliant it is it's, it's just bliss or we take the bikes out and there's a, there's a few social things happening locally this week so we'll go to those like michelle said you we have never much healthier much healthier lifestyle yeah, yeah. by far healthier lifestyle so if that's well, not a big incentive to do it then i don't know what I, it is. I, yeah i'm there <laughs> <laughs> my days i've got a cancer this afternoon team nice. meeting later on yeah Totally Good. different nice, day to yours. Nice, yeah. Nice. Well, look, thank I'll you both. I'll send you a picture of the cycle ride. Please, I'm <laughs> sure you will. Yeah. But look, both of you, thank you so much for taking time out of your hectic, relaxed schedule. <laughs> it's fine. We need to lie down now. It's fine. You're both, you're both looking really well and looking like you're loving thank it. You, so, yeah, stay safe, won't you? And uh, we'll keep thank in you. touch. Thank you. Um, and Definitely. we'll revisit you on your next, you know, in your next country. Well, what an amazing experience those guys are in for and having. I think they're really brave. I take my hats off to them. Hopefully for you, if, if you've got that dream to give up conventional life and head off in a motorhome, I hope they've inspired you. I really do. We can, anyone of us, any of us can do it. It's just taking that step, isn't it? Absolutely it is. And having listened to them, I must have been, I'm, I'm coming round to the idea, whereas before <laughs> I heard the interview or saw them, that uh, I wasn't so sure. But it does seem like people, the freedom of the open road, it does beckon, doesn't it? There's it something does. in all of us. Once you get that bug, as Paul said, driving through Spain, he just had that moment where he's like, we have to do this. And what I love is that he just sold the house and didn't tell his wife. <laughs> That's the amazing thing. Oh, he's still breathing. I'll never know. <laughs> it's the Motorhome Matt podcast. I'm Keith Gooden. I'm with Motorhome Matt Sims, the expert that gives you all the answers. And talking about answers, we've been asking you to get in touch. And you have been. And thank you very much for doing that. Uh, this week, we have some emails from you. Matt. We do, yeah. Thanks to Toby Craig. Toby's emailed in to, Good morning. I'm not brave enough to recite a voice message, so I'm going to go old school. Good for you. I have a van with a six kilo Cala bottle in it. I'm interested in adding a single bottle LPG system and would like your thoughts. Love the podcast. Keep up the great work. Oh, bless you, Toby. Thank you for listening and thanks for your support. Well, so what Toby's talking about here is binning off his 
colour gas bottle, the one you know you take back to the shop and you get a refill. You have to have an empty. The one you use for your Barbie. Yeah, the ones that are really hard to get hold of. We've got loads in stock, so we're okay in our shop. But across the country, this is a problem. Maybe that's what's motivated this question. And what Toby's looking at is putting a refillable bottle in that he can refill himself. So there are lots of brands of bottles that you can buy that do this. I'd say that it's a great idea, especially if you're going out of the UK onto the continent. So if you if you're going it Caller is only a UK product. You can't buy a Caller gas bottle anywhere else on the continent. In fact, if you buy a refillable you know, bottle in Germany or, or in France, you're gonna have to change the hose that goes onto it. So and you're gonna have to impact the system of the motor. It's strange that you say that actually because calor is Spanish for heat from a fire. You know, if, ah. if it's a nice sunny day you'd say mucho calor rather than caliente for a hot food. So it's strange, isn't it? You can't use it on the continent, but it's actually a Spanish word. Look at that. You're not just a pretty face, are you? I'm not a pretty face. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know that. That's interesting. Well, anyway, so you have to change your regulator, the connector, uh, to get onto the German bottle. So people that are travelling the continent have a refillable bottle. People in the UK use them as well, because you can go to... and The purpose of these bottles is you go to a, a fuel station where there is an auto gas... And you can refill the bottle yourself. And it's much cheaper than buying Caller bottles, I have to say. Um, and the bottle just stays in, in the motorhome. Uh, on the continent, though, you, you have to have an external refill point. It's often in, it, the, the rules are vary in different country, from country to country. So you have to refill the bottle from an external point. You're not allowed to get the bottle out and refill it on the forecourt, like you would a, a canister for, for petrol. It has to be a bottle that you can have an external refill point. In this country, you can refill a bottle, as far as I'm aware, correct me if I'm wrong, but you can take it out of the motorhome and refill it on the forecourt. And there are brands like Safe Fill that will allow you to do that. There are refillable bottles that are permanently in the van. One of the the best known is Gaslo. Uh, They're yellow bottles and they come in varying sizes and you can have one or two bottles permanently in your gas cupboard if they fit uh, and, and the refill point on the outside. They are quite expensive to buy. You are looking between probably 500 to to £1,000 to have a system installed, but you will recoup that cost quite quickly it, the longer you're using the gas system. So um, I've not done the maths on this, but if you are going travelling on the continent for a year, definitely get a gas load system or refillable bottle system. Safe fill, alu gas, gas load. There are a number at BP have a bottle as well. But make sure you check what you're allowed to do in the country you're visiting. So, for example, in Belgium, you definitely cannot take the bottle out of the motorhome to refill it. It has to be an external fixed point that you you refill the motorhome. The consideration in this country, if you're staying in this country, the gas pumps, the autogas, are slowly disappearing because the days of buying a five-litre petrol car and converting it to gas are gone. I mean, nobody's bothering to do that anymore. You know, that's an industry that's just dying away. So they are disappearing. So if you're considering buying this system and you are going to spend most of your time in the UK, I'd, I'd, you know, challenge, is there a gas refill point close to you? Here, where we are near Western Supermare today, there isn't one very close by. Uh, So it's not really a very convenient system for us. A blend of two could be an option. You have one refillable bottle, and that will cover off when you're on the continent, uh, and a backup Caller bottle for when you're in the UK. Uh, and, and for me, that's what I would do if I was doing this. But if I was spending all my time on the continent, refillable bottles, absolutely. 
So thanks very much for that, Toby, uh, sending us the email. I will give you the details how you can get in touch right at the end of the podcast. Now, something which comes up all the time in these podcasts, and I suppose it's important if you're out there on the road, what to do uh, with your poo. And Elspeth (laughs) contacts us from Scotland, I hear. She does. Elspeth, thanks for your email. I'll read it out. I've read the script of the above podcast. This is the world camping episode that we did and found it very sensible and down to earth. Thank you, Elspeth. That's very kind of you. However, I would like to draw your attention to the fact that in many remote rural areas, especially in the highlands and islands of Scotland, homes are not connected to a main sewer, but have their own septic tank, which has to be emptied at their expense. This is also true of public toilets in these areas, so it's very important for visitors to understand why they cannot put the contents of their chemical toilet into these toilets. They must do their homework and check where their disposal points are, and be prepared to pay. Nothing is free. Especially in Scotland. No. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> now, we, we've talked about this before, and if you're using the blue chemical, uh, you said that must not go into a septic tank or yeah. a self-contained system. But if you're using the green biochemical, yeah. that is okay for that septic tank. That is okay. Tank. But how do you know if that toilet's connected to a main sewer or a septic tank? Well, you don't. Well, you wouldn't. So you'd have to ask. So if you're not sure, don't put blue into the loo. Hey, that rhymed. It did. You're, you're a poet and you didn't even know. <laughs> you're rubbing off on me. <laughs> um, <laughs> so the key is to check with the toilet owner, whether that's a campsite or if it's a public loo, you'd have no idea. But I think it's safe to say, and Elspeth is making this point, a public loo in the middle of the highlands or on the Isle of Skye is likely to be connected to a septic tank. So if you're doing that kind of trip to very, very remote areas. Just take the green toilet chemical and just use green. It's friendlier for the environment, certainly, uh, and if it's an essential must-have if you're using toilets that might be connected to or are connected to a septic tank. Thanks, Elspeth. We always come back to the subject of poo and wastewater, and that's fine. It's a big deal uh, in motorhoming and caravanning. So don't stop uh, asking those questions or sending those emails. So just uh, finally in the podcast then, Matt, how do people get in touch? You can do that really easily. Just head to motorhomematt.co.uk forward slash ask Matt, and you can record your question and submit it, or you can just fill out the form. If you're not brave enough to record your voice, uh, that's fine you just email us from on that page there's a form to, to, to get in touch with us you'll find us on instagram as well motorhomemat.co.uk and don't forget youtube you can find us there at motorhomemat and click the bell and subscribe and then the gods of youtube will tell you when a new episode is released Thanks for listening to the Motorhome Matt podcast. Remember to check back here for more episodes full of hints and tips and helpful advice. We'll see you soon for another Motorhome Matt podcast brought to you with thatleisureshop.com.